This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. Integrating data has increasingly climbed the priority list for more ambitious and involved digital signage and digital out-of-home projects. The big driver for that is how near or real-time data makes what's on screen automated and triggered, which means more timely, targeted, and therefore relevant messaging. Lots of CMS software companies offer some degree of data integration and on-screen presentation, and we're starting to see some third-party companies that work mainly in digital signage, like ScreenFeed, also offering data display tool sets. We're also now seeing well-established data handling companies making themselves known in this sector, particularly to help make some of the more complicated setups both happen and then reliably and securely work. ClickData is a software firm based up in the northwest of France, but has clients globally that use its business intelligence platform to bring data in from more than 250 sources into a single, harmonized data warehouse. I spoke with co-founder and CTO Telmo Silva about ClickData's roots and how its platform works and can be applied for digital signage applications. Telmo, thank you very much for joining me. Can you tell me what ClickData is all about or is it ClickData? Wow, that's a great question. That's the first question. <laughs> I say data. Uh, I, I call it a click data. I've been calling me, it for me over 14 years. So, but um, many of our uh, my US colleagues call them data, uh, and then there's everything else in between. But uh, yes. it's click data for me, and basically I started it um, in 2008 as a pharmaceutical focused uh, data analytics company and later uh, branched out a little bit into um, making it a, a wider used data analysis, data management, um, and data intelligence uh, tool uh, for all sectors. Um, and hence the name Click Data from Click Pharma before. Um, and yes, yeah, so this tool is, is, is really the, the culmination of the learnings in, in the pharmaceutical sector that kind of uh, we thought, well, this is applicable to really any sector. Okay, so if I'm sitting here listening to the beginning of this podcast, some people might be wondering, those in digital signage in the AV sector might be wondering, okay, why am I listening to this? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How, how does it plug into into that sector? And it's funny, Dave, because when I, you know, uh, through a, a, an acquaintance of ours and when I thought, you know, should we do this podcast? I said, yes, absolutely, because, you know, everything generates data and digital advertising is, is definitely one of the factors. I mean, you have to know where you're spending your money and what you're acquiring and, you know, who's looking at things. And uh, one of the first clients we had in the early days was actually a, a Canadian company out west that had this technology on elevators um, uh, to, to, to kind of uh, take snapshots of, of people's and trying to recognize their age group and their demographics. And as they're playing the, the videos, 
uh, on this small screen on the elevator um, to try to figure out, you know, what's the retention? Well, you know, is their eyes moving and moving away from the screen and so forth? And how long do they stay hooked into those uh, short 30 second clips and things like that? And that was my first, actually, my first introduction to digital advertising and uh, a use case for click data, a very successful mm-hmm. use case. And I was, I was kind of hooked into that. I was kind of hooked into that so much so that uh, where click data is based out of, uh, which is France, is, uh, there's a very large um, uh, history of retail uh, companies here that spend a lot of money on you know, aisle advertising. And they start using that, those concepts, not only in terms of video and uh, you know, monitoring, but in terms of uh, monitoring the, the paths of customers through their stores, optimization of aisles and things like that, where to put uh, the digital signs and advertising and so forth. And all that generates a lot of data that you have to make sense of. And this is really well click data comes in, right? Those solutions, those point solutions of digital advertising is part one, but without actually collecting all these from the different stores, different locations and start making sense of it, um, it's just data, right? It does not turn into information until you do something with it. And that's Mm -hmm. really where we come in, um, you know, in trying to bring as much data from the different systems and different uh, um, points uh, of of um, uh, of information really that that a company may have or a client may have, and bring that into something that makes sense that you can aggregate, that you can slice and dice, and then further uh, further down the line, then expose that to your customers. Say, okay, this is what your signatures, you know, this is what you paid for. Basically. So you're aggregating and harmonizing and. Uh, developing insights around the data as opposed to being a collector of data, right? Like you're not doing any of the computer vision or sensor-based work yourself. We do not. We do not. But we do have all the necessary connections to all the different systems. Um, unlike potentially other systems that are very well standardized, each vendor of those uh, of those displays, of those, those uh, collectors, uh, may have their own uh, interfaces, APIs, and so forth. They may have their own storage uh, formats, and you know, as as you use the different systems, your challenge is really to okay, how do I kind of connect to this one now, and how do I extract information that I want out of that? And our connectors are actually quite uh, flexible in that sense, where we have uh, fixed connectors for some of those systems, but for others, we have generic connectors that you can kind of configure to tap into that data. Mm-hmm. Would this be uh, something that might be called middleware? Um, I would say uh, potentially yes. I mean, it depends on your definition of middleware, but you know, ultimately, it's um, we see business intelligence as least the portion of data analytics and reporting that we offer as kind of the 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 next step uh, before you feed it back and you kind of go, okay, well, now I understand the results that I've received here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what improvements are we going to make? And we start to cycle again, right? So again, as, as, a, as, a, as a case example, um, you know, you, you may start receiving data from certain videos and start saying, okay, well, this is the de- demographics and so forth. Can I make some adjustments to my campaigns or to my videos or to the, the sequence of videos that I'm displaying? Again, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going back to that video uh, on the elevator uh, concept and, and, and kind of optimize that. So it is part of that loop, constant loop of data collection, data analysis, uh, making decisions based on that data and then feeding that back into 
the loop again. Right. When, when you started the company, accessing data from all kinds of different data sources was very complicated and time consuming. And you had to get you know, all kinds of permissions and all kinds of meetings and phone calls and everything else to work it out. One, one of the things that I gather has changed over the last decade or so is most platforms now have APIs. It's easier to get stuff out of them and and so on. So ha, has your role lessened or has it increased because they're always changing and there's so many and you, 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 if, if you're an independent company like a digital signage company, a software company, you have to stay on top of that or you would use uh, a company like Click Data that's spending all their time doing that and makes it easy. Well, to answer your first question, that's actually increased, right? Whereas before, we would ask a vendor, um, you know, whether that be Facebook or, uh, or Google and saying, you know, uh, our customers, our mutual customers have data on your advertising network or on your whatever, right? And again, this, this kind of can expand to any type of data vendor or data collector that uh, we may tap into. And before they would basically know, well, it's our data. And, and the consumers, of course, start reacting against that, right? Today, if you do not have an API, if all you do is get my data into your system but not give me anything back in return, then I don't want anything to do with you, right? And we've seen kind of backlashes at times with Facebook, Cambridge Analytics, and things like that, where, you know, those, those, those type of uh, too much sharing is also kind of uh, gone, <coughs> gone, gone right the other, the other way around. But nonetheless... Today, if you do not have an API, then you know you're, you're a second-class citizen on the internet and on on, on the on the software or technology stack. So that is great, but an API is still an API. It is a programming interface, and it does require some knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's not a standard as much as you know. Just because we call it an API does not mean that they all you know follow the same standard. It's very well organized, very well understood. Uh, so every API has their nuances, has their little quirks, um, has their own way of paging through the amounts of data that they can offer. Um, and, and so our role has actually increased due to that because, again, as I was mentioning before, our connectors kind of know how to deal with those different variations and those different formats and, and, and schemas that the data may be provided in. So in that sense, it's actually increased the need to have a tool like data to be able to tap into those APIs and bring it into a, a format that is easily digestible by you know any mm-hmm. analytics tool, including our own tool. Oh, okay. Uh, how much is involved in if if you wanted to do this yourself, and you let's say you wanted to integrate information from four different da- business system sources or whatever within your company, is th- is that something that would take a morning? a month, a year to do if they weren't using something like click data? Uh, if they were not using something like click data, they obviously need somebody technical, but it would take an extensive amount of, of time for development. And again, large companies still do that where they write custom interfaces to bring the data and, uh, and amalgamate them into one, one single source of truth. Um, this is where millions of dollars are being spent in data warehousing projects in business intelligence implementations and so forth. So not having a tool like ours definitely would require a, a good team of, of technical, um, and again, depending on the sources, potentially database analysts, database experts, SQL developers, uh, API developers, whether they do it in Java or Python or what have you. And then to bring all that into a data warehouse, that would 
definitely take more just a few days. Um, in my previous life, prior to creating Click Data, that was my bread and butter. And these projects would go on for three, four, five, six months. Um, right. With Click Data, you potentially, again, if we have the connector that you need, that you, that, um, or if you can configure your API connector and you have a, a basic understanding of APIs, you should be able to do that within a day to connect three or four data sources and start seeing the data flow through into Click Data. So on a project launch basis and certainly on an ongoing operating basis, it sounds like if you're running a spreadsheet model on this and a business argument, it would take a, a huge amount of cost out of the equation and time. And th these are these are people you don't need to hire. Well, it's it goes on to just beyond the hiring and the, and the people behind it, right? Because um, again, having somebody beside you to, that can accompany you if you're not, you know, uh, an expert uh, or in in the technical uh, side, then it may be worth it. But um, the the bottom line is though the continuity of it as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to build a prototype; it works once. Okay, but next day you don't want to have to do the same thing, right? You don't want to have to copy and data, copy and paste the data into the Excel or out of the Excel again and repeat and so forth. And also, you know, technology is what it is. A business evolves as it is, and 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 so you always need these adjustments. So uh, it it is uh, an investment that you have to 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 make towards being data centric, to being data focused, and to say, you know, I want to build these systems. Uh, that collect the data on a, on an ongoing basis that I can automate the reporting that can save you time as well in reporting these numbers back to your team or your clients or your uh, management team and and all this kind of um, uh, combines into the ROI that you're looking for and yes there is a technical side of it as well that there will be savings whether it's in consulting or whether in minimizing at least the number of times that you involve them to, mm -hmm. to gain access to your data. If I'm a, a customer, what am I buying and how am I paying for it? Is it, do you buy an enterprise license or is it software as a service? It is totally software as a service. We do not offer any on-premise installations of yep. software. Um, and this is again, because we want to be rapid at giving new features, new connectors, connectors continuously change and there's new software in the market. And we want to be rapid in, in, in making those available. So software as a service is really our model. Uh, and again, what you get when you subscribe to, when you get one of these subscriptions, which is monthly or yearly based, um, is you get basically all the connectors. You get a data warehouse, a, a database uh, available to you through Microsoft Azure. That's our partner. And you can have your data stored in over eight different regions around the world. Uh, mm -hmm. U.S., Ireland, Canada, Germany, France, UK, uh, a few others. Um, and once you have that data warehouse, that's your piece of the database there. The data starts flowing through the connectors. Once that is in your data warehouse, then from there, you can actually build downstream flows. You can uh, tap into it directly with Excel if you want, or mm -hmm. you can use our dashboard tool to start creating dashboards and graphs and charts and, and tables, indicators. You can share those dashboards with other people. You can publish them to your customers, et cetera. And then you can just automate these things so that it just does that every day or every morning or every hour. Mm -hmm. Is that the primary output that you would see for digital signage and digital out-of-home networks? Uh, probably more so the digital signage side would, would be data visualizations and dashboards? 
I, I think that would be potentially be one of the use cases is definitely, you know, analyzing the data that's coming through um, and making decisions based on those as, as normal reporting and analytics uh, data tools would. Um, the other part of it, uh, and some customers of Quake Data do this, is um, they just choose the, the collectivity, the collection capabilities of, of Quake Data and the data warehouse to store their data, but then they feed that into other tools of their choice. Tools that potentially maybe they, they want to do some more advanced machine learning on, on the usage, on the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they want to write their own special code to analyze it, or maybe simply feed another system that requires this data to consume it and so forth. So uh, Click Data is really a, a multifaceted tool that can be either used just as collection and aggregation of the data, or all the way through to data visualization and analytics. Okay, so you would have uh, almost like templates or, or widgets of some kind that would be able to do, you know, d- develop dynamic charting and things like this based on Absolutely. what you select? Absolutely, much like you would do on a pivot uh, table in Excel uh, to drag and drop some columns and the chart uh, starts taking shape with the columns, the rows and mm-hmm. so forth. Uh, that's exactly kind of our design. It's very uh, user uh, friendly as much as, as we can. We do have a lot of options for styling because not everybody likes the same styles and colors. But uh, mm-hmm. in essence, it's it's very much like, you know, uh, an Excel, you know, a, a data visualization tool uh, built into Click Data. And the output for that, if, if I'm a digital signage CMS software provider and I'm working with, let's say, a financial services company and they want data visualization, uh, if I want to put that visualized chart into a schedule so it shows up on the digital signs around the, uh, the workplace, is that an HTML file or, or how do you get that? Yeah, absolutely. How do you get it on the so- screen? Yeah, if you want to uh, embed our dashboards into, you know, third-party applications, into screens, uh, we have quite a few customers that have screens around the office or around. Uh, we have a, a, a railroad uh, uh, train train uh, system, uh, a rail uh, train station system that actually publishes our dashboards on every single um, station and stop with, you know, the schedules and things like that and, you know, their performance, so late are they, etc. So they have, you, you can definitely embed that and it's just simply a URL. You put that inside an iframe, inside mm-hmm. your web page, um, and, and the iframe immediately refreshes if the data has been refreshed. So you don't have to do anything, you just have to open it up in the browser, maximize the screen, and boom, your dashboard is live and, and will refresh automatically. Mm-hmm. And are, are there any kind of limitations on how real time it is, or is it just how, how you want to set it and how, how, much, how it works at the other end in terms of data generation? So it, it depends how you exactly how you set it. I mean, our schedules have the ability to go on a minute basis to your data sources and pull the data mm-hmm. in. Uh, however, you can use our API because we too have an API uh, to push data in. And in that case, the push is up to you. If you want to send it, you know, once per second, uh, you can. You know, these are these will not be full data loads. These have to be small packets, a few rows, a few hundred rows at a time potentially. Yeah. But you can have our API. You can use our API to bring in real time data. And again, same concept. Whether we pulled it or you pushed it, um, you know, again, everything downstream gets refreshed and gets kind of activated uh, for you. I suspect that's a conversation that you, uh, you, your 
sales engineers have at times with uh, resellers and end users is sure we can do real time, but for the application you're talking about, do you really need that? Or is every minute or every five minutes fine? Absolutely. And this is why our schedule also has, you know, we stopped it at a one minute. Um, you know, again, you have to be really in a high traffic, high volume situation to, and to be able to make a decision in real time. Right. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's ultimately um, the key. Right. So um, it, it really is up to you. And there's the cost associated with you developing a push notification to other systems as well. So um, it, it really is up to the customers. But, yeah, in some sectors, uh, there are times that some some folks ask for real time when, in fact, you know, their data doesn't doesn't change uh, you know, on a daily basis, um, you know, case in point, people, you know, Facebook data, et cetera, um, they themselves only refresh their own metrics or expose their own metrics, um, you know, in a much larger time scale. So for us to do real time with, with certain systems and certain data sources is just refreshing and using bandwidth for nothing. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed licensed content, such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Do you have to make statements and assurances around privacy of the data or uh, that's not really your issue that that's that who's ever collecting that data or, or gathering that data is the one that's gonna have to worry about that you're just enabling the you know the 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 use of that data right um even though obviously data privacy and and respecting the the customer's data is our number one thing we do have a role to play we are um you know if if we're talking in europe gdpr is a huge thing every Mm -hmm. country has their own data uh, protection laws and privacy protection the california data protection act i mean every country and state and province has their own uh, or has started some 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 um some some type of laws and, and regulations um we being a european customer uh european com- company but with customers in north america obviously we have to be very careful this is why we're uh almost the, the only ones that actually are able to start your data warehouse in any country that you so wish in those eight regions that we've that we've mentioned and um and that's step number one but we are a data processor for you we don't know what your data is but we are mm-hmm. processing your data for you it's our applications and we are responsible to make sure that you know there's no external access to it. That if there's court orders, you know we have to make sure we validate and check them with our customers and so forth. 
luckily that has never happened but we don't know what your data is so mm -hmm. we cannot be able to be you know we are not able to be really responsible for it uh, but you know that's part of our terms of service if you put data that you are not entitled to use or process uh, if you put data that is not legal free to to own um, that's your the responsibility of our customers but obviously we would have a role to play in that in 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 you know in this gdpr kind of uh, system uh, where we are responsible to at least um, uh, point out or give it out if if asked um, legally, obviously. I assume you get a lot of questions around security as well. Oh, absolutely. And and again, this is why we partner with Microsoft Azure. Um, our expertise is really making the software intelligent, easy to use, um, that it processes fast, that we can uh, process thousands and thousands of, of files and sources and dashboards a day, uh, an hour really, and and not really on the uh, on the physical and digital security of, of these data warehouses and systems. And this is why we we rely on Microsoft Azure severely to to make sure that you know uh, we have a strong SLA with them uh, to protect uh, our our property and our customers' property, their data. Uh, with mm -hmm. It, I mean, I, I I know almost nothing about uh, you know the, the the technical side of of what your company and others like it would do, but I assume that a, a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of security is on the Azure side, and uh, you, you 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 take benefit of that, and you 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 let them worry about that, but you know <laughs> make sure that you're working according to their policies, right? Absolutely. But it also takes our knowledge to understand, you know, to encrypt the data and to make sure that their configuration is set up correctly. Right. Um, I think that's the, the, the positive and negative of, of uh, cloud based systems, Google, uh, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, um, is that it's so easy these days to just start a server anywhere and start putting data into it. Um, mm -hmm. It's much harder to make sure that nobody else has access to it and to make sure that it's protected and so forth. And even within Microsoft that, you know, it's just there's no uh, that there's some some checks and balances there as well as to not say, well, just because it's Microsoft or Amazon or Google that takes care of my data that, you know, we're pawning it off on them. Uh, and if something happens, you know, well, let's 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 go to court. That's not our. That's not how it should be handled. There has right. to be a, an onus and responsibility on the people using those systems, right? And and how we code the application and to make sure all the settings are are set up correct correctly. Uh, so it does take. It is a team effort between the vendors and us, and also our customers to make sure that they're comfortable with, you know, the fact that we are SO certified, SOC certified, um, HIPAA compliant, etc. This this is time and an investment on our part mm -hmm. to make sure that they should not be just for the sake of having a stamp on your website saying, oh, you know, you're you're ISO certified and that's it. It it does take. Uh, effort on, on both companies and, and all parties involved to make sure that the data is secured and private. So Microsoft is a major business partner, but they're, they're also a competitor, right, through Power BI? That is correct. Power BI, their visualization tool, um, is a competitor to uh, the data visualization module of, of ours. Um, not necessarily to the whole click data platform, but to that module of data visualization. And oh, they do okay. an excellent job at it as well. But but I assume your your company has its its share of competitors, right? 
data visualization, I believe there's a data visualization for every type of business in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Power BI, Tableau, ClickView. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to name more than three, but there's right. at least 300 <laughs> of them. Um, and, you know, let's not even go beyond those. Let's just talk about Excel. Amazing visualization in Excel. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff there. And Excel has been around for years. So there's a lot of great experience. But again, these are tools and they're distinct separate tools. And if you have, again, to load up Excel or Power BI or whatever every day to hit refresh and and then export it out and think about security and access, then, you know, that's kind of the down side of these tools. They mm-hmm. do a great job for, you know, that initial data investigation, but terrible for the ongoing uh, and maintenance of this, right? Right. So with with what we say is whereas we may not be as advanced as some of those tools potentially, if you're trying to do something very specific that only Power BI can do it, maybe we cannot do it. But the downside of that or the upside of, of using our tool is that you don't have to do anything else. The data is there. As soon as it's refreshed, the dashboards know that the data is refreshed. It immediately sends emails out to the people that are going to uh, that are on the on the list of receiving this dashboard. They get it on their mobile app. Uh, they get an alert, whatever, right? It's all automated for you. So if you want to stop, you know, uh, l- you know, spend less time wasting copying and pasting and using Excels and these tools, then, you know, this, this, these are the type of platforms that you need to look for. Right. And I, I, I assume the other thing is that you, you stay on cho- top of it because APIs change and data sets change and everything else. And uh, if you just had it develop yourself internally or by particularly by if you outsource the development, uh, you know, a month later, the, the schemas and things could change and all of a sudden it doesn't work, right? Absolutely. I mean, we see that with the big players, uh, obviously, you know, the, the Googles and uh, Instagrams and Facebooks are constantly improving their APIs. Uh, security keeps changing around the world, right? Recently, you know, we're, we're phasing out certain types of security, TLS1, TLS2, etc. And the APIs need the security, they need to be compatible with it. Uh, so it is this is really where most of our customers get their benefits is to say, okay, ClickData is taking care of all that for you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they make sure that the data keeps coming in, you know, and flowing into your data warehouse. So if I'm a digital signage content management systems uh, software provider, or perhaps a AVIT systems integrator who has an ask from clients or wants to incorporate this into uh, their service offer, what's involved? Like, what are those first questions you have to ask them? Or do you support this? Do you support that? Or are, are there any really real barriers? Well, we, we start by looking at their data sources, right? Uh-huh. Uh, like, if we can bring the data, if they're using a very specific format, a very, uh, you know, specific system that we cannot gain access to, typically very old ones, um, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, we, we, you know, we're upfront about it. So, well, you're not going to get this data in, you know, we're not going to be, you're not going to be able to report. It's it. on a so, mainframe system or something. Mainframe, <laughs> believe it or not, we can connect to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is, it is important for us and believe it or not, there's still a lot of customers, especially in the retail sector that mm-hmm. they do mainframe, uh, you know, IBM series of, of servers, uh, those things that we thought don't exist, they, they exist and they exist <laughs> in, uh, in quite a lot of companies. So we still support those. 
but you know sometimes it's just very cryptic or the format um i cannot give you a, an example off the top of my head but um we have this uh, as i mentioned before a uh, a very um, robust kind of uh, API connecting connector that uh, takes a lot of options, and some t- most of the times we can configure it to fit. But yeah, I, I mean, if if um, if your provider of data, you know, pretty much says, "Well, I'm not giving you access. I can only give you monthly reports or something like that." Yeah, you can import those reports monthly by hand. Is that something that you really want to do, etc.? So we discuss alternate solutions like that. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that would be the first step. The second step is what are their objectives? Are they looking for visualization and embedding these dashboards and putting them back to their customers in a self-service mode so they can, mm-hmm. they can uh, monitor the success of their campaigns, of their, of their ads network, etc.? Uh, or is this for internal use for analytics and so forth? So we, we discuss those items to make sure that click data is the right solution for them. And if all uh, checks out, I think then the next step is just, you know, just get a trial account, 15 days, and connect a couple data sources, see what you can build. You, we have our team. Um, we have an in-app chat tool that allows them to ask questions as they go along. So during their trial. So, um, you know, ask your questions, ask how you can do things and, and get that first initial prototype. And that's a big advantage of us being uh, a SaaS uh, mm-hmm. uh, product. It's like, there's no installation, you lose nothing, right? You, you, you don't have to uninstall or, or return servers. You just get started, get, start connecting your data and, um, and start playing around with your data and start visualizing it, uh, prototype it within your team get success quickly, get motivated quickly as well. That's a big part of it. Um, and, and, and from there, you just start, you know, your subscription level. What level of skill do you need? To do complex things, um, you definitely need some SQL sometimes, some function mm-hmm. programming like you do in Excel. You know, uh, we, we are all different experts of Excel. Uh, there's those of us that use Excel just to type in numbers and your basic drag and drop sum, and that's it. And then there's those that kind of know how to do lookups and, you know, they know a few more functions. And then there's those that do macros in Excel, right? There's there's different skills of okay. Excel. And with us, it's the same thing. It really depends what you need to do and, and how much your data needs work. So we have our own kind of Excel-like language that they can use, uh, very similar to SQL uh, that as well. So, you know, they can do a lot of things with the data. We needed to make... Click data very powerful, very flexible to ensure that we were not be stumped by a specific need or a specific customer request. Um, but uh, at the surface, we also try to make it easy uh, with a strong UI to to kind of write those hard to 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 write functions behind the scenes, but right. through a, a, an interface that is a little bit easier to use. So at a minimum, you want somebody who has a, an interest or a knack for this sort of thing, as opposed to Margaret in uh, sales and marketing saying, here, you do this. <laughs> and she uh, gets the uh, deer in the headlights look. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you can, if you have, and some customers of ours do this, and they split kind of the work of um, connecting and, and making the data available uh, versus consuming the data, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you have your technical person, the person that knows the data very well, 
to create these kind of slices and catalogs of data and make them available to the rest of the team. And the team then goes in either with our dashboard editor or report editor and, and does their own dashboards and their own kind of visualizations or with other tools as well. So there's also those splitting of functions that sometimes is important to put in place into a, into a company. Right. All right. So ClickData is in uh, Northwest France, uh, based in Lille, correct? Yeah, we have three offices, major offices. Uh, that is our head office and engineering office in north, uh, north of France. We have one in Toronto, Canada, and we have one in, uh, in Texas. So oh, okay. um, we're all over the place a little bit. So if uh, Europeans are going to engage through your European offices and Canadians and Americans can find a, a couple of offices on this That's side correct. of the pond. Okay. That is correct. And where do, where do they find you online? Clickdata.com, www.clickdata. Do we still need to say www these days? I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm well, always... It's probably more important to say there's no K in click. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Click data, C-L-I-C-D-A-T-A. That is correct. Somebody got to it before you could get the one with the K? Um, I believe so. Or maybe <laughs> at the point in time, we wanted to make it very even four and four, click and data. Um, I'm not this sure. True. <laughs> oh, well, they'll find it. <laughs> Tell them, well, thank you very much for spending some time with me. Well, thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 16.9 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 16.9, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 16.9 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 16.9, the blog, and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.